Welcome back to the Trav and Rigney show. What's up, buddy? How was Philly? Hey, man. Um, Philly is Philly is a is a garbage city, dude. You hate it? I I'm not a huge fan. Like I'm a diehard Eagles fan, but I mm-hmm. don't associate with the city of Philadelphia at all. Like I just think it's trashy. Yeah, I don't like any really big cities. You know what I mean? Like, there's too many people. It's just, it's, yeah. That's you probably know? more the way I look at it. Because, I, I, like, I feel the same way when I, as soon as I stroll into New York City. Jesus, dog. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm the same way in New York City. But more than anything, like, the part that I'm always forced to realize when I go to Eagles games is that it's completely valid to claim Eagles as one of the worst fan bases, Eagles fans. Because they're mm-hmm. just the worst, dude. Like, <laughs> like I felt bad at one point for, like, Murph. Like, I don't ever feel bad for somebody like Vince, who's always talking shit, but, like, Murph, who's doing nothing and just has to listen to the BS. Right. You know what I mean? So I always, like, I don't know. Just remind, I'm just reminded of, like, yeah, when people say they hate Eagles fans, you're, you guys are the reason. Like, right here. You can't just cheer. Everything's got to be an insult to somebody. Yeah. They are, they, they can be pretty brutal. Yeah, they're the um, reason there's a jail under the stadium. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I thought that, that was only for the old stadium, but they have it in the new one too. Uh I actually don't know. That may still be the old stadium. Oh, okay. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all. To, to yeah, be it might not be for I think I Googled it recently. I just can't remember what it was about. It was a weird it was a weird game though, because um like RJ had something going on this weekend. I mean, he had something going on all week, some sort of stomach issue, and it just mm-hmm. got worse as the weekend went on. So, like, it was his first NFL game, and he was not having a good time, straight up not having a good time. No. Um, and then, like, so, like, I felt bad for him. It's his first game. In, uh, and I'm sure he liked it. I'm sure he had he he enjoyed himself as best as he could, but, like, the dude was struggling all weekend. Um, yeah, that's never fun. And like to go all the way to Philly and watch your team lose. So like, and then to deal with some of the Eagles fans, I felt really bad for Murph at the end of it. So I was like, apparently Tyler and I are the only ones that, in my mind, that like got out of this unscathed. <laughs> oh man, it was a fun game though. I mean, I think like Murph can't be too upset. Uh, I mean, I don't know how he was treated by the Philadelphia fans, but if we're talking about just a game standpoint. Uh, strolling into um, Philadelphia with the Packers playing that the way like the way they have been, I don't think he's going to be that disappointed about a super competitive game where they scored what thirty points, thirty something points. Yeah, it was like forty to thirty three. I think was the final score. Yeah, they got to be pretty, got to be pretty happy that you competed, you know, and that you were, you know, offensively efficient at least. Yeah, we we both said the same thing as like around halftime, which was like, I don't know why either the other teams of each other's teams are doing anything other than running the football. It didn't seem like I don't know how it looked to anybody else watching uh, on TV, just watching the regular Sunday Night Football broadcast. Mm-hmm. But from where we were sitting, Philadelphia could not stop the run. Like they, it, AJ Dillon was ripping off ten yard runs at will. If he felt like it, he was doing it. And then uh, and Murph felt the same way. Like he's like I. If you could put 14 guys in the field, they're not stopping Jalen Hurts from getting 18 yards. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, um, 
it was pretty amazing just how, like, I guess uh, at will Jalen Hurts was able to run on the Packers. Um, if Justin Fields is healthy this week, I don't know what's going to happen to the Packers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it appears he's trending in that direction too. So watch out. Cause I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is playing either. So I don't even know if they're going to have the firepower to keep up. Um, right, exactly. All things said though, I, it was a competitive game. I was nervous throughout, but like you really can't ask for like a better Sunday night football game, especially if you're the, you're the home team walking away with the W Mm-hmm. Um, I was very pleased with. Uh, I, I should say I was very pleased. I generally am grumpy when it comes to huge mistakes on offense. Um, our defense had not looked great throughout, but I was really happy with the way that Hertz made certain decisions. Uh, he looked fantastic. I'm sure everybody's heard the MVP chance now. I don't necessarily know that he's really in the running, but he made a pretty strong case Sunday night. He's for uh, sure in the running. Well, the reason I say it is because I feel like it's becoming a lot more of a passing. Like uh, Lamar Jackson won an MVP with uh, with a lot of work being done with his legs. I don't necessarily know. Like he, Hertz is going to have to have that exact season to win the MVP, and I don't think he's going to. Um, so, uh, but it's nice to have a quarterback who is even you know considered in that. I, I, I was. It's it's electrifying to watch him live. Um, I don't know why we don't give Miles Sanders the ball more. Look what happens when you do. It, it, it absolutely blows my lid that we don't give him the ball more. I don't, maybe he's just hurt more than I know about, and we just don't ever really disclose it. I don't know. But Miles Sanders needs to touch a football way more than he does. The dude's at almost a thousand yards now. Um, uh, I give some credit to AJ Brown, who was apparently very, very sick all week. Uh, he fumbled a pretty, he had a pretty egregious fumble, but. He also scored in this game, so you got to you got to way to go with the bad here. I think overall, you can't you can't be too upset with with your team scoring forty points while you're there live. Uh, it rained all day Sunday, and it just happened to like stop when the game started, which was like really nice. Yeah, I was going to so, ask about that because uh, it, I noticed that it was raining all day, so I wasn't sure if it because sometimes on TV it's hard to tell if it's raining or not. No, it's pretty clear. Uh, it was it was a little bit when we first got there, but by kickoff, it was like nothing. Like the, everything was wet. The field was probably real wet. Uh, the seats were real wet, but it, the rain itself wasn't actually. It wasn't really raining anymore. So that was we were pretty fortunate there. Um, Tyler went to probably five different pro shops in Lincoln Financial Field looking for a black Jalen Hurts jersey. Oh, uh, I have, I have no idea how like how the dude had the energy for that because. Murph and I probably stopped with him for three of them. And we're like, okay, let's go find our seats. <laughs> Cause like, wow, you're going to, you're going to literally search the stadium for this Jersey. Uh, Cause it was blackout. You know, the Eagles were in all black, black, right. black jerseys. And yep. so Tyler was like, Oh, I got to get my black Jalen hurts. He did get it though. And he dropped however much that was. Um, I also bought the uh, salute to service hoodie while I was there. So that was not cheap, nice. but I only had to go to one pro shop for that. So, so that wasn't awful. Um, yeah. And then the stair climbing feeling was pretty terrible, man. When you sit in the third deck, it's awful. It's like climbing up the stairs of a, of a skyscraper. That's it, man. That's the experience in Philly. Aside from the fans being obnoxious, um, I loved it. I love I love watching them win. And now uh, I think I'm almost at 500 for watching the Eagles 
live there in, you go. in Philly. No, maybe they're one game up. One game above 500 for me. I mean, you got to be pretty pumped with how they're doing and just being able to uh, put on a show like that for their for their home crowd. Because that yeah, was a show. Um, 40 points is a show. Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot of points. I would not have thought it was going to go that way. I'm glad for the people in attendance who were Packers fans that it wasn't like a blowout. I'm glad for the people, the people in attendance that were Eagles fans that it wasn't a blowout for you know the Packers way. Um, that would have been bad. I I got to be honest, Aaron Rodgers snuck off the field. Like I don't know how they broadcasted it when you watched it live. I actually we wasn't there. watching when he when he left the game. Um, <clears throat> so I forget what I was doing, but I was doing something else. And so I just had like my phone up and then I saw Jordan Love through a touchdown. And I was just like, uh, what? <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> happened to Rogers? Why'd they pull him out? Yeah, that was really bad, too. I was really annoyed with that. But uh, yes, CJ Gardner Johnson got hurt earlier uh, from the first drive, I think. And um at one point, I don't even I didn't see what happened because when Rodgers left the field, it was it was a long pass play and then a penalty, and then Rodgers was in the tunnel. And I didn't even see him do that. I just heard somebody else go, Oh, yo, did you see Rodgers go in the tunnel? And I'm like, Go in the tunnel. When did he even get hit? How why how is he hurt? And then it was like, <laughs> Bam, he's out for the game. And I'm like, I, when did Rodgers get hurt in this game? I didn't even see. I know yeah. he had a thumb issue, but apparently he went he hurt his ribs earlier and he was done. Yeah, I, I went back and and watched uh, the broadcast where he where he left because I wanted to see it, and you could see like he handed the ball off and then he immediately just like crouched on the field and like was holding his ribs. Then he walked off over to the sideline holding his ribs, and uh, the the announcers were speculating about his thumb. They're like, "Oh, he must have nicked his thumb or something," and um, and then uh, you know whoever the sideline reporter was basically was like no um he's complaining about his ribs right now and then and then it was wasn't until post game i don't think that he's he came out saying that he he was worried about himself in the sense that he thought he had a lacerated uh or not a lacerated spleen but like a um punctured a punctured lung. lung yeah he thought he had a punctured lung like drew blood so style yeah he couldn't breathe at all yeah it's just weird weird from the seats i didn't i had no idea what happened but it was almost like it didn't matter because love Came in immediately through a touchdown. Um, but yeah, that that was it. Um, I have a few questions for you now. So oh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm ready to answer some. I'm gonna give you um straight like post game press conference here, okay? Mm-hmm. Um Kyle Rigney, are you happy with Mike White going forward? Yes. Okay. Next question. Is this the end of Zach Wilson in New York? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, so so now elaborate on that one a little bit for me. Because if Mike White... like, What does Mike White have to do to lose that job back to Zach Wilson now? Uh, not much because of Zach Wilson's pedigree, unfortunately. I think he should be given a long, long leash. Mike White, I mean. Uh, in the sense that inevitably he's going to have a bad game. So playing the Vikings this week, the Vikings have a pretty bad pass defense. However, I don't put it past Mike White that he struggles a little bit against a defense that um, is playing zone 
typically defenses that play zone uh, do that in order to confuse the quarterback and defenses that play man uh, play man because the wide receivers are bad. I don't think that the, I don't think that they'll want to play man against us. I think they'll want to play zone against us. So I think that will probably more confuse Mike white than it probably should. Um, that being said, even if he has a good game against the Vikings going up against the bills, the very next week, he could have a pretty uh, rough go. And uh, then that would open up the door for the coaching staff to be like, okay, we think that maybe it's time to give Zach another chance because what they don't want to do is they don't want to just slam the door on their no number two overall pick from just a year ago already. You know what I mean? Like they want to just be like, okay, we're going to bench him. We're going to have him sit. We're going to have him work on his fundamentals, his footwork, his lower body. And then they're going to have him play against somebody who's had, who has a terrible pass defense like Detroit which is our game after Buffalo. And, you know, he might come on and he might not look overwhelmingly good, but he might be good enough that we win that game. And, you know, that that could certainly be a scenario. However, if Mike White plays well versus the Vikings and the, and the Bills, I don't see how you sit him at all throughout the rest of the year. And if we get to the playoffs, he's our playoff quarterback as well. So my opinion is you just roll with Mike White from here on out. And depending on how he does in the playoffs, then depends on are we going to bring in another quarterback to either compete or take his job? I think Zach Wilson should probably be done only because it's been proven now with multiple quarterbacks, Mike White last year, Joe Flacco for bits and pieces. Uh, Josh Johnson came in against the Colts and put up like a 300 yard game last year that this offense runs very, very smoothly, whether we're winning games or not, the offense runs way more smoothly under somebody named not Zach Wilson uh, than it has under somebody named Zach Wilson. So what that means for Zach Wilson's career, I don't know, but I just think you can't let one guy hold 53 back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, from, obviously you don't you don't want a knee-jerk reaction to Mike White having a great game um though I I have to imagine this this whomping felt really good after the debacle that was the Patriots game mm-hmm. um felt nice to see an offense that can score some points yeah so I guess the whole time what I was thinking is or my concern was if Mike White he's not gonna he's not gonna have a per- perfect pass rating every game for the rest of the season but if the Jets only lose one or two more games with Mike White as you know under under center, I I, I don't see a scenario because the, the Jets to me, this is my opinion, the Jets to me feel ready to win now. And I don't necessarily mean win Super Bowls, I mean make playoff runs and potentially get up there and compete. Mm-hmm. And if Mike White, right, even if you think he's not the answer, if he's able to do that with the team that he has now. I don't see a scenario where the door is open anymore for Zach Wilson. I think that if he if he has as, as much success as I'm painting the picture of right now for the rest of the season, not saying that he will or even that I'm predicting that, just in the event that he does, that that it's you have to sort of you gotta you gotta cut it off at the neck here a little bit. It'll sting, but I, I understand he's a second overall pick, but. At, at what point are you damaging the progression of your team for a quarterback that just wasn't, wasn't the guy. I mean, mistakes can be made. Yeah. 
you got to move forward. It, I don't even mean that he can't be. I just meant in the event that Mike White looks good for the rest of the season. So it's like if he can look good for the rest of the season, then I guess you're even even in the playoffs. If he looks good all season, he's not going to get in the playoffs and just and just drop a goose egg. You know what I mean? He's going to probably look the same way he has the first part that he played of the season. And the even if part. he does, we got there because of him. Yeah. So, well, so the Jets won games with Zach Wilson, but was it like in spite of Zach Wilson, <laughs> or was yes. it like he being been being a major contributor? No, he was he was borderline he was borderline uh um a a game manager really. He just wasn't making mistakes, and he was just he was just doing barely enough to to skate by for the most part. Uh, the most that he had contributed was during the Steelers game. Everything else was run game this, run game that. And if Zach needed to make a play here and there, like luckily he was able to. But uh, the Patriots game, he was awful. Both Patriots games, he was absolutely awful. Uh, the game against the Bills, he was just okay. Um, honestly, if Mike White was the quarterback for both those Patriots games, I think we win both of them. Oh, wow. That's rough too, man. Because the Patriots are the team that like the Jets need the Jet the Jets need those wins, not necessarily for overall record, just for you know sanity. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I think I think my prediction anyway is that that Mike White comes down to earth a little bit, but not enough to lose that job back to Zach Wilson. Uh, he shouldn't. Unfortunately, I think Jets fans have to put up with sulking Zach face for the rest of the season, uh, and uh, go into next season very, very hopeful. Because even if they lose in the first round, I think Jets fans, if they know they're moving forward and making real steps of getting a quarterback they know will be better than the product they put on the field this year, um, that that there's going to be there's going to be a lot of hope going forward with the New York Jets. Is there any shot that in your heart, do you believe that that Mike White is the future? Um, I look at Mike White like uh, Jimmy G. Okay. Essentially. Um, but I honestly think that that's all the Jets need right now. I think we have uh, a top five defense. I think that if we have all of our um, linemen healthy with like AVT Beckton, whatever. If our all, if our, if our offensive line is healthy and we have Brees Hall, we have a top notch running game. And at that point we don't need a franchise quarterback. We need somebody that isn't going to make the big mistakes and somebody that can just literally just take what the defense is giving them. Uh, that's exactly Mike White did not do anything special on Sunday versus the bears. He did not do a single special thing. Um, he won, he won, uh, NFL, uh, you know, air, air passer of the, whatever, what, what, you know, the air, um, what is it called? Player of the week or whatever. He didn't do a thing special. Uh, if, if you watch that game, he completed one pass over 20 yards. That's it. Uh, he was just hitting the open receivers, letting the receivers do exactly what they're paid to do, make plays. Uh, Garrett Wilson made a couple of really nice plays after the catch. 
Uh, he's hitting running backs in the flat who are wide open due to either scheme or, uh, you know, bad Chicago Bears defense, which is certainly uh, certainly a part of the equation. But yeah, he did not do anything special. He didn't look like he should have been a number one pick in an NFL draft. He didn't look like he, uh, you know, he should have had like a, a top notch uh, quarterback rating. He just he just did the easy things and he made the easy things look easy. And that's what you're supposed to do as an NFL quarterback. The things that Zach Wilson cannot do. He makes the easy things look very, very difficult. Yeah, that's I was just going to say that uh, Bob Salas said the same thing, right? That all they all they wanted him to do was was do the easy stuff, mm-hmm. do do the stuff you're supposed to be able to do. And we're going to win this football game. 100%. Uh, and he did that. And I mean, you weren't getting that from Zach Wilson. So it is what it is. Uh, you're the. I mean, they, they looked good. It must have felt good to sort of – I know it's the Bears and they were without um, Justin Fields, but but to see an offense, even with, even if the Bears were the worst football team of all time, to see the Jets' offense execute the way they should have executed uh, is encouraging, I think. The old Jets would have, you know, had the worst football team of all time come into their stadium uh, – with playoff hopes on the line and they would blow that game 16 to 13 16 to 13 what a gross score you know what i mean like that's an old jets thing and uh i believe when we talked about it i said i firmly expect the jets to score between you know 20 and 30 points i said like mid 20s or so like 24 something like that and i said that i would be super surprised if the bears put up 14 yeah and and they won 31 to t- 31 to 10. Uh, the first two drives by the Bears actually were points. Um, I was, so I was pretty upset about that. Uh, I thought our defense came out super flat. And it was our offense that actually, um, you know, kind of ignited the rest of the team there. But the defense ended up coming out uh, in the second quarter and then ended up dominating the Bears for the rest of the game. Yeah, I, th- I think some of that can it can be expected, though, when you get a quarterback you haven't seen all season. And they, they just have to change the way their offense runs. So some of that is probably just getting your getting your arms around whatever new scheming they did offensively because they they pitched a shutout there in the second half. So yeah. Um, all right, man. Did did you have anything you want to add with the Jets before we go into uh, this week? Mm, no, I think I'm good. I think that's it. All right. Well, congrats on the W, man. I, I wish you guys got to play the Patriots a third time in the regular season to see how Mike White would do, but. <laughs> Well, maybe we will playoffs, yeah. you know. So, moving right along to week thirteen, uh, as we record this on Thursday, the Bills and the Patriots are playing right now, mm-hmm. uh, and we both picked the Bills for this one. The Bills were four point favorites, four point road favorites. Yeah, I did, however, pick the Patriots to cover the four. So I'm currently losing that as they are seventeen. They're they're down seventeen to seven right now. Uh, yeah, so I, I also I picked the Bills. I picked them to cover. Um, I actually don't know why. I don't have a good reason for why I picked the Bills to cover. I did this like uh, Tuesday. I think I picked these games, so I have yeah. no idea why I picked the Bills to cover. Because I, I mean, it Patriots makes sense. As when it comes to division opponents, I feel like the Patriots defense plays really well. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one point road favorites. You can see Atlanta Falcons. Um. This one 
seems too easy, and I don't really know why. But I'm going Steelers uh, to win and obviously to cover that one point. The Falcons are just so underwhelming, and I think the Steelers are better than their record says. They have a good coach, uh, TJ Watts back, so it makes their defense actually like legitimately better. Uh, and I think their offense is definitely good enough to keep up with Atlanta. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers there. Did you see the video of uh, Mike Tomlin mic'd up after the game saying hi to everybody? No. There, there was a post game. You know how like after when the when the clock hits zero and everybody runs to the middle of the field to shake hands with everybody else? Yeah. And Mike Tomlin was walking up to all the different like Colts players. And, he, and it was so funny because – he he got to Jeff Saturday and they both were just like, Yeah, great, great, come with you, you did great. And then, you know, just the normal, like, I don't give a shit about you. Here's your handshake. Yeah. But then like he got to the Colts players and he was like, and he was like super happy and he'd be like, hey, you know, giving him cool little think names. He was like, How's your parents doing? How's Pops doing? Pops okay? And then like moved to the next guy and he's like, Hey, say hi to mom and dad for me. And I'm like, Does Mike Tomlin <laughs> just know everybody's parents, all the players from the Colts? And it was too funny. And then uh but it was it's funny to see because, like, even though the Steelers aren't necessarily good this year, you know that their head coach is good because of how well respected he is by players that aren't even on his team. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like the, the guy has such a command. Uh, he 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 feels like he has like one of the safest jobs out there right now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I I'm, that was long winded to tell you. I also have the Steelers uh, winning and obviously covering. <laughs> Only because he said hi to the Colts players. <laughs> yeah, because now that Mike Tomlin is so friendly with everybody but Jeff Saturday, uh, I ex- I fully expect him to roll into Atlanta and beat up on them. Which, by the way, I don't know if you wanted to touch on that at all, but the the whole timeout controversy at the end of that game was absolutely comical. The fact that you have a minute left, all three timeouts, <laughs> and you somehow still run out of time is yeah, wild. I, I, um, I fell asleep, so I saw none of that. Uh, I wish I had because I heard about it and saw people <laughs> complaining and and I was like, damn it, dude. I feel like whenever I, I, I watch Monday Night and Sunday Night Football every week and I feel like whenever I fall asleep on accident, I miss something awesome or something hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was awful. I mean, uh, if you're the, a Colts fan, it was awful. Oh, yeah, Colts fans are in their misery right now. The uh, Green Bay Packers are four-point road favorites against the Chicago Bears. I assume that this line is like this because Rodgers is slated to play and Justin Fields is also slated to play. Dude, if Rodgers doesn't play, I'm picking the Bears. Um, so this this matchup, my answer doesn't even matter right now because I do not have enough information. But as of right now, if Rodgers is playing, I have him. Uh, I have the Packers covering the four. Okay, so. I, I'm I'm gonna agree with you. I think this is a four point line because the assumption is Rodgers is playing and or Fields is not. Yeah. Um however it looks like both are trending to play. So actually I don't have any idea about Aaron Rodgers. I only know Fields is trending to play because he was a full participant today. And that usually means if you're a full participant on Thursday, you're usually playing on Sunday. Yeah. Um uh, I don't I want I want to pick the Bears to cover. I'm going to change this game probably on Sunday when we find out Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Yep. So same. for now, I'm just going to take the Packers to win. Yeah, taking the Packers to win and cover. Um, but if Rodgers doesn't play, then I'm switching out to the Bears. Okay. Sounds good. 
The Jacksonville Jaguars are one-point road favorites against the Lions, who potentially will be sporting Jameson Williams for the first time this season. Man, that's wild. They were like, he might be good to go week one, or at least uh, maybe the you know the first week of October, or yeah. he might be good by November. You know what? It is December now, and my boy yeah. still hasn't played. I, I heard at the beginning of the season somewhere in October, like maybe maybe six weeks, it would he'd be he'd play. Yeah. Uh, and then that turned into you you might not you just might not see him this year. And so that that's just a reminder to you that not all these guys heal the same from this injury, the torn ACL. And also that analysts don't know as much as they say they know. No. Well, this probably could have been predicted because he toured in the national championship game, right? It's pretty so, late, yeah. That's pretty late in here. So but you potentially will see him this week. I actually I know that they said he's been practicing and he's trending in the right direction. I actually do not expect to see him on the field. I don't, I, I don't see a reason to rush him in now. Not that this is rushing him. I can't imagine a scenario where like, yeah, we need to get Jameson Williams on the field for the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Uh, I don't see it. I mean, the lions still have an outside chance to make the playoffs, which is wild. Yeah. It's pretty silly. Uh, but I am picking the lions to win at home and cover that one point spread. Obviously. Uh, I'm also picking the Lions here. Um, they've been playing really, really well. Uh, they were winners of three games straight until they met the Buffalo Bills in, in their own house on Thanksgiving. And that game was super close. They played the Bills really well. Yeah, well, it was really close. And that's just like the, uh, the Lions thing to do, right? Or do the Lions, it's one or the other, right? Or do the Lions usually get blown out on Thanksgiving? I can't figure out which one it was. I couldn't remember. Um, it kind of, I don't know why, but I always remember the Cowboys losing on Thanksgiving and the yeah. Lions always playing really well on Thanksgiving. That's how I remember it as well. The Lions playing really well. And then I was I felt like I was I think I was having this conversation with Tyler on Thanksgiving and like, you know, dude, the Lions always play well on Thanksgiving. And he's like, Don't they always get destroyed? I'm like, do they? I don't remember actually. So then I felt dumb. <laughs> Might not have been Tyler I was having that conversation with. Um either way. But yeah, Lions cover for me. The New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. The Jets so, are three-point road dogs. I will say that this is probably the most respect the Jets have gotten from Vegas this entire year. <laughs> is the fact that they are only three-point dogs in Minnesota against a 9-2 and two Vikings team. Yeah. Um, which means basically on a neutral field that it's a pick em. Yeah. So I appreciate that, Vegas. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jets here uh, for no good reason other than um, I think they can win the game. So usually if the person who, like the team who I think can win the game is is getting points, I'll just take them. Um, you know, I have a very, it, it's it's very similar to a couple of these next games that I have picked. But, um, but yeah, I'm just going to go Jets here because they're they my team. I like it. I, I like the I like the confidence. Um, I am going to go Minnesota to win and cover here. They're at home. I get um, it, buddy. They have a bit more gelling happening with their offense. The Jets are strolling out Mike White for the second week, so they may not be as gelled as Minnesota. Though mm-hmm. I, I will s- go ahead. I will say I'm not. I would not be surprised though if this ends up. I don't know what the over under is, but if this ends up, you know, seventy points between them and 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 the Jets, you know, win or lose by three, I won't. That will not surprise me at all. Um, I think on paper, 
if we just go strictly by matchup here, I think the Jets, it's a favorable matchup for the Jets, I will say. Uh, just being that the Vikings have a pretty bad pass defense, um, obviously not the strong suit of the Jets uh, currently, but we just came off of a game against a team who had a bad pass defense and we were able to move the ball pretty well. Um, the Vikings really struggle against defenses that have a good pass rush. Uh, see the Cowboys game a few weeks back where yeah. Kirk Cousins was sacked like seven times. And I literally felt awful for that poor man because <laughs> every single time he, he touched the ball, he had a cowboy in his face. Um, so the, the Jets um, have like a 30, 32% uh, pressure um rate right now which is i believe the second highest in the league and the jets don't blitz uh they are the second fewest um second least blitzing teams i'm i'm terrible with terminology yeah so uh they blitz very rarely is what i'm saying and they have two cover corners right now that are absolutely uh playing lights out with sauce gardner and dj reed um so I feel like I feel like matchup wise, you know, we should be pretty good here. I actually have a decent amount of confidence that we can win this game. However, just like you said, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is Vikings 31, Jets 10. Like <laughs> that wouldn't really surprise me a whole lot. No. Well, what I was saying was it wouldn't surprise me if this if this ends up 70 points between them and mm-hmm. the Jets win or lose by three. Um my only argument to everything you just said is that because this is the trend the jets are getting non-primetime kirk cousins so mm-hmm. take that for what you will <laughs> to me that means nothing it mean it literally means nothing I, like well, it's it's funny because a bunch of jets fans were upset that uh that this game didn't get flexed in the into the sunday night football oh yeah um, you guys wish you get primetime cousins yeah well i mean jets fans are like super hungry for anything primetime at this point, we haven't other than Thursday night football. Um, you know, we don't have any primetime games, which everybody gets a Thursday night football game. So, like, nobody even really counts that. Uh, so. The Jets haven't been on Sunday night football since 2011. Which seems insane to think that they have not been on Sunday night football for 11 years. Yeah, that's it. That is pretty insane. When you consider that they're the New York media, right? They're the New York market. Like, how do you not put them on Sunday Night Football at least once in the past decade plus? Uh, but yet you get like teams like the Texans and the and the Bears and you know the Falcons and just like you know really bad teams have been on Sunday Night Football since then. So the yeah. Jets fans are kind of taking that personally. And so, uh, well, so what happened was, I guess. Um, Everybody wanted the Jets Bills game next week to be flexed to Sunday night because uh, it was released that the NFL was flexing that game. Well, not the Jets game; they were flexing the Sunday night game. Um, and it came out that Sunday night football tried to get the Jets Bills for Sunday night, but CBS blocked it because CBS <laughs> wanted to play Jets Bills. And then, so all the beat reporters for the Jets were like look at that Jets fans like two networks want your team to play um, on their network or whatever. And we were just, and everybody was just like, 
no, nah, dude, that's stupid. Like we wanted Sunday night football. <laughs> <laughs> I personally don't care. I, I feel like, uh, you know, we, we got good things going right now. Like why throw in a primetime game out of nowhere yeah. to just like mess up our routine. I don't know if that's a thing, but it would I mean, mess me up. Meanwhile, Philly gets a Sunday night game against the Cowboys every single season. It happens once a season. Cowboys oh, game. yeah, for sure. Uh, Dude, I did Sunday night the... football literally used to just be NFC East. Like, yeah. I felt like that's all it ever was. I feel like sometimes it still is that way. Uh, and then I, I did see that, like, the – who the hell – who is it that week? Eagles-Giants are playing that week, and that was another one being considered. And I can And I'm thinking to myself, like, there's no way that like how many more games can the Eagles be on primetime? They can't have that many primetime <laughs> games, can they? And then I saw a thing that was like they didn't flex. Part of the reason they didn't want to put the Eagles Giants game in there is because Philly's only allowed one more primetime game this season. I'm oh, like, really? There actually is a cap on primetime games you can have in one season. Well, it's funny you say that because the Patriots have three in a row. Uh, okay. They because so, they did the Thanksgiving game. Uh, they they're playing right now technically in prime time, and they're playing uh, next Monday against the Cardinals. See that one shouldn't be a Monday night game. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Sorry, but is. I don't. And I know that I'm alone in this, but I don't. Actually, I don't think I am alone. I think maybe I'm. Me and whoever else thinks this way, maybe are in the minority. But I just don't think Arizona is worthy of any of that. They I aren't. They I don't aren't. see anybody Arizona that strikes me as like. Not to say you should. Only teams that should ever be in primetime are good teams. But I just mean the idea that, like, if you're going to look around for games you can flex, let, let's 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 talk more about Cardinals games. Let's flex them out of games that are primetime because <laughs> yeah. I just don't think they're very good. And um, I've been on a Kyler Murray uh, hate fest lately, like on TikTok and, and, like, Twitter and stuff, because I don't I don't see it. I, I know that he's very, very talented, but. But the dude, if, if you were if you're gonna bash Zach Wilson for the way that he acted after one game, but never the way that Kyler Murray acts after almost every game, then something doesn't add up to me. The dude is a whiny crybaby after every single game. Yeah. Um I think I think he is I think he is pretty good. Uh I don't think he's he's not, you know, elite quarterback status or anything like that. Um, however, I think Cliff Kingsbury is actually holding that offense back quite a bit now. Yeah, they need to trash. They need to get somebody else in there. But I don't. I shouldn't say he's another trash. Kyler Murray is not is not what's wrong with their offense. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is two hundred and eighty seven percent what's wrong with their offense. He is trash. I have no idea why he's still coaching that team. Um, my issue isn't even with Kyler Murray. Isn't even the talent. It's that he's just an awful, awful leader. He just had Patrick Peterson on somebody's podcast the other day talking about how he only cares about Kyler Murray. He doesn't care about anything else. doesn't care what we yeah. have to say. He doesn't care about the teammate thing. He doesn't care about the, the pre- or post-game speeches to the team. He's not worried about any of that. Kyler Murray does Kyler Murray, apparently. Yeah, not um, infuriating. But, all right, let's keep it going here. We got Giants and Commanders, right? Yep. Commanders are two-and-a-half-point road favorites. Commanders are on a roll here, but I'm going to go uh, Giants. I think this is going to be a super uh, defensive struggle here, and I think that the uh, Saquon Barkley is the biggest playmaker on either offense, so I think that he'll make one more play than the Commanders do. Yeah, I think I'm as I said that line, I'm like, is that is that real life? I don't know how the Giants are home dogs. Uh, I don't see. I think it's because they struggled the last couple of weeks. That has to be what the problem is here. 
Uh, and the Commanders are on a win streak, but I don't think the Commanders are better than the Giants. So uh, I think this is an easy Giants win and cover here for me. Yeah. The agreed. the Tennessee Titans are five point road dogs against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm gonna take the Eagles here uh, to cover as well. I don't think the Titans have the firepower uh, to match the Eagles. However, it does seem like the Eagles' uh, weakness is run defense, and uh, Sir Derrick Henry loves <laughs> to run through defenses. So, yeah. It, but you, you got to just leave it up to coaching at this point, right? Like they're going to, if, if Jordan Davis comes back, I think that's huge for the Eagles. Uh, they just opened up the 21 window, the 21 day window rather uh, for him to come back. So, uh, you know, I suppose it's possible for him to play in this game. It's, it's probably not very likely, but no, he's um, not playing. Yeah. But you know, he would be a nice addition though. <laughs> they, they haven't said it officially that he's not playing, but uh, I know it's, it's been... a bit. It's not it's like been pretty speculated that he's not playing. He did practice today, though, so I'll take it. Um, yeah. I am taking Philly to win, and I'm taking Tennessee to cover. Um, for the one glaring thing that you said, which is Philly's run defense has been um, subpar to poor at best. Uh, I don't know, really know what happened because they were playing great defense for most of the season until very recently. And, of course, Tennessee is built to run the rock down your neck. So I, uh, I'm gonna, I am going to take Philly to win. I do think that they, they have a lot of firepower that's tough to keep up with. They're playing at home again. Um, but I have Tennessee to cover because Derrick Henry does Derrick Henry things. He usually does, yeah. The Denver Broncos are eight-point road dogs. Ravens, 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 Ravens. <laughs> Is there is there another team that's more effed right now than the Denver Broncos? Oh my gosh! I actually forgot they, to write the rate this game down. How did I forget that? They have a top three defense in the league, and I don't think that's exaggerating. They have a top three defense in the league with legitimate playmakers on offense, and they are terrible. And it's Russell Wilson, right? Is it? No, it is. It's Russell Wilson, and you know potentially the the head coach as well. But man, I can't, dude. They're so they're so screwed for the future. His his extension that he got, fully guaranteed, by the way, hasn't even kicked in yet. Yeah, this is bad. This is like, this is gonna be. This is gonna go down in history as one of the worst debacles, uh, a free agent debacle, or excuse me, a trade acquisition debacle in all football history because. Yeah, and we have another one that's just as bad coming up in the very next game. <laughs> yeah, that's the next one's bad too. But this is this I, I don't. But financially, I don't even think that the Watson to the Browns is as bad because his is all guaranteed, right? So if they cut him, he just gets that all, and it's zero. There's zero against the cap because he just gets all two hundred and sixty million dollars. This one is really bad for the Broncos because even if they cut this man, they're they're. It's like the first year they cut them next year. They're like, it's only like 20 million. But the year after that, it's like 60 and then 50 and then 40. They're locked to this dude for like another seven years. It's so, so bad. It's awful. It's, I, I wish like, like a, a, like a really, really intelligent Broncos fan would tell me how they feel right now. I know that that's like a stupid thing to ask because obviously they don't feel great about it, but just like, 
Give me a reason. I want to hear it from our Broncos fans' mouth. Give me a reason to be optimistic. What? What? How can you weasel your way out of this absolute train wreck that is Russell Wilson? So I think you answered your question with the first thing you said. I don't think, I don't think an intelligent Denver Broncos fan thinks there's a reason to be optimistic. <laughs> um, and I say that because I, I was talking to Kay's uncle. Uh, went to this like little uh, family dinner, like surprise dinner thing that we had going on on Saturday. And I said, uh, how do you feel like right now about the Broncos and the whole situation? Like, are you still excited to watch games on Sunday or is it like begrudgingly you sit down and make your face stare at the TV? Just point your face at the TV. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I don't even know why I do it. He goes, he goes, this Panthers game on Sunday is going to be like five to three. He's like, (laughs) and and we'll lose. And I'm like, (laughs) he's, and I'm like, at least the games are like quicker, right? Like, because there's like not a ton of it's like scoring happens. So usually like when there's not a lot of scoring, the clock is just like constantly running. And he's like, no, they're painfully long and they go to overtime and I still sit there and I watch. And he's like, Russell Wilson looks terrible. And the, the Broncos can't score more than 10 points. And it's awful. Like the Broncos, there's like some stat and I have to obviously look through it. Um, like look through their record and like their, their games or whatever to confirm. But uh, I I saw something that said that like they would be like eight and two if it if they score eighteen points a game. Yeah, eighteen points is not a lot. No, it's not, dude. I I feel bad. First of all, we need to not gloss over the idea that this is John Elway's fault. He is. I'm not even saying it's his fault because he's the guy in charge, right? Because he's not anymore, but. He is the one because he's like a special advisor or whatever, whatever the hell his role I think, is. Now. I think he's like the CEO of like, uh, he, he, or the VP of like uh, player personnel or something. He like that. he probably he, he plays a role. Know, merits or uh, signs off on these on these decisions, and it's gonna set them back a decade. I don't do, and I don't even think I'm exaggerating, man. This is gonna set them back a decade. At the very um, minimum, it's setting them back half of a decade. You're yeah. ruining the career of Patrick Sertain. You're ruining the careers of uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Bradley Chubb it's, and Javante Williams. All of these guys are going to be approaching the back half of their career by the time you cut bait with Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I can think of that would make this even remotely salvageable is if these young guys they have that are that are potential all pros and that are going to be held back by the lack of success in Denver because of Russell Wilson is if they they trade a lot of these guys and they just get they get them off their books and they get you know lots of high picks and at some point and this is going to happen right you can you, I would give this to you to take it to the bank man they will bench Russell Wilson at some point and they're going to have to it, because at some point you're going to have to look at it like we drafted a quarterback in the first three picks of the first round one year in the next three or four. And then he's going to have to start at some point because your team's going to be so bad that you're like, we cannot keep marching Russell Wilson's corpse out there anymore. So he's going to sit and we're just going to think of this as like, we have a really good rookie quarterback. And we're just paying him a shit ton of money. Even though you're not, that's not how it works. You have to trick yourself into thinking you're paying this rookie quarterback a ton of money to be good because Russell Wilson is sucking you dry. That was a weird way to say that. There are many better things to say, but I just mean 
you're going to have to paint this. You're putting lipstick on a pig a little bit, but you're going to have to, to do things to set your team up for future success that requires trading these guys whose careers are going to die in this Russell Wilson-led Denver era. So trade them now. Get your picks for them now. And, and draft a team that can maybe succeed on the day you can cut bait from Russell Wilson. I don't really know what other options there are. Again, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a CEO, or I'm not a, an owner, or, or a, a, a GM of any of these NFL teams. So, what really do I know? But from what I hear from people who are very smart, this is this is going to be one of the worst things to happen to an NFL team in in years. The Raiders last year scored 335 total points, uh, with with uh what's his face drew lock at quarterback and uh this year so far more than halfway through the season have only scored 157 points oh the broncos <laughs> you said the raiders at first sounds like the raiders. oh I, i'm sorry uh, uh, the broncos scored 335 uh, points with drew lock at quarterback yeah, last year. I, there there are so many dude so that, that's a great point the flip side of this whole thing is how much better off is seattle this is almost like this is like dodging a bullet to its its most extreme degree. Like the the Seahawks are so much better off right now. Even, even though you know Geno's not the future of that team, it's like you got to be breathing the biggest sigh of relief if you're a fan in Seattle. It's it's insane. It's it's remarkable. I mean, it's man. I mean. I don't even understand how <laughs> I don't even understand how Russell Wilson can put on that cheesy, stupid face every post game and just say Broncos country, let's ride. Let's after ride. he after he thoroughly underwhelmed the world for three and a half hours. Every I mean his week. teammates aren't buying it either anymore. They're yelling at him at the on the sideline, which is also funny. Because you can Hilarious. tell that like nobody's ever talked to him that way. So like watching watching I forget which player it was. Purcell. Uh, I don't know his first name, but I just yeah, know his last name is Purcell. At Wilson, and you could just look at his face, and he just no no idea how to react because nobody's talked to him like that because nobody's been allowed to talk to him like that. These guys are fed up, man. I wonder yeah. if I wonder what happens if he retires. I wonder if that changes anything. He probably still gets whatever's guaranteed. But then, then I wonder what... if that helps them cap wise. Do you think? They're just gonna try and convince them. You know, the football thing was good, dude. Just keep doing your subway sandwich commercials. Uh, we'll give just you like, a little. We'll give you a couple. You know, we'll give you like twenty mil extra guaranteed. Give stock in the now. team, and oh man. Anyway, now we're we're dwelling now, but I, I feel really bad for the Broncos. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you said if you agreed with me or not, but Ravens oh God, by eight. For Ravens sure. by a million. I. Uh, the, the Ravens are eight point favorites. The Broncos aren't going to score that many points. So, yeah, the the Ravens' offenses look bad, and I'll take them to outscore the Broncos by twenty. By yeah, by by at least double whatever Denver scores. Watch, Denver's going to win now because we said all that. Probably. Um, the Cleveland Browns are seven point road favorites against the Houston Texans. The Deshaun Watson revenge game for the Houston Texans. I am taking the Texans to win. And well, to cover obviously because I'm taking them to win, dude. Me too, and that's only heart speaking here. That is not logic 
or anything like that, the Browns should literally run all over the Texans. Nick Chubb should have 250 yards and three touchdowns because the Texans cannot stop anybody on the ground. Uh, Deshaun Watson only has to hand off the ball, and he should he should come away with a win, honestly. Um, but I'm just hoping that this is not a Deshaun Watson revenge game. I'm hoping that it's a Houston Texans revenge game. Well, that's why I, that's how I why I worded it that way intentionally because for me this is a, a Texans revenge game and they're home and yeah. and I just feel I can feel them just being riled up like I can feel this game starting with a Texans defensive touchdown like a pick six like I would love it I want to see him do so poorly so I mean I don't care whatever the rest of the year do your thing for the Texans for the for the city of Houston for those fans I want to see them just absolutely destroy the Browns in this game uh I'm with you and uh I think I think it actually happens though. This isn't even like a what I want thing. I, I can I can genuinely see in my mind the Texans playing out of their minds because of the environment. Uh, I hope they do. So JJ I'm, Watt's gonna suit up and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm taking the Texans obviously to to cover to win. So the the Seattle Seahawks are seven and a half point road favorites against the LA Rams. I don't. I don't think Matt Stafford's going to play again. So yeah. Now th- I was going to say this may be hot takeish, but I also think it's pretty accurate. I think the Texans are the worst team in the league, and I think the Rams are second. Oh well, that yeah. I don't. I can't even disagree with that because without without Stafford and Cup, they just look terrible. Yeah, they look awful. The offense cannot do anything. Von or I'm sorry, not Von Miller. Von Miller is out, but he plays for the Bills. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Donald is out for this game. Oh geez, so, this is over, dude. Don't even bother playing the game. Save your guys the injury. Yeah, Seahawks will cover, I believe, the seven and a half points. Yeah, I am, I'm taking Seahawks to cover. The in in what will be uh, another revenge game, a great game. The I don't know about revenge, but Miami are four point road favorites against the San Francisco 49ers. Mike McDaniel's makes his his San Francisco return. Now I'm praying for a 49ers win here. Um, as a Jets fan, I'd love to see the Dolphins lose. So I'm going to pick that. I think the 49ers win. However, I think they're going to keep it close. So I think the Dolphins will cover the four. Um, I'm looking at probably a 23-20 to 20 type of game. Niners win, that kind of deal. Okay. Uh, I am taking the Miami Dolphins win this game okay hate you uh i think i think they're rolling right now they got a lot of firepower i think they they uh they came they come into sam ran and they they stun the the niners i don't necessarily mean know that this means anything for either team going forward just that maybe san fran underestimated miami a little bit which seems like a weird thing to do since miami is a good team um but I, I, I could see Miami going and just pulling all, pulling off the stunner, Stone Cold Steve Austin stunner. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't associate Stone Cold Steve Austin with the Miami Dolphins. He's not even from that state, Travis. Like I, no, he's I, not. I get the Texans or the Cowboys, but come on, buddy. Is, is Stone Cold a Cowboys fan? He's got to be, right? Um, I don't know. I didn't ask yeah, him. He is. 
I mean, he's he's older, so I mean, I do know he's a big football fan. I just don't know. I I know he's huge in the college. I don't know if he has like an NFL team. From listening to his podcast, he always used to talk about college football, but I don't know if he's big into yeah the NFL like that. The the AFC Championship rematch: the Kansas City Chiefs are Chiefs are two point road favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm gonna take the Chiefs here. Um, I don't know, man. It's so hard. It big games like this to defeat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, just that head coach. It's the whole Tom Brady, Bill Belichick thing, right? It's just like it's too hard to pick against him in these big games. Um, yeah. I don't really have any other reasoning other than these are two really closely matched teams. And I think that uh, Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes combo is what kind of tips it into Casey's favor. Um, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm picking Kansas city to win. Jamar chase is supposed to be returning in this game. Um, I don't know how rusty he'll be though. So I don't, I don't know that you can rely on that to be a huge factor. Uh, they are at home, but I, I'm taking Kansas city. They're rolling right now. they, they just don't seem like they can be stopped at the moment. So this, this seems like an easy Chiefs for me. Did, did you have a team you were locking, by the way? I do. Oh, you haven't, it hasn't come up yet. Um, it hasn't come up yet. Gotcha. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are one-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Las Vegas Raiders. I hate that the Raiders came back and won yeah, last week. Uh, it's annoying to me because I think the Raiders are trash. And somehow they still have uh, an outside shot at the playoffs, kind of like the Lions. Um, it's very, very improbable. And I think that most of that conversation gets shut down this week because I don't see them beating the Chargers. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't either. I'm with you there. For everything you just said, I think the Raiders are trash. I don't have a lot of expert analysis on that one because I just... They won a game. They won an overtime game against Seattle that I just don't think they should have won uh, off a 90 yard run by Jacobs. Yeah. Um, The Indianapolis Colts are 11 point road dogs to the Dallas Cowboys. And this is my lock. I'm locking the Cowboys to beat the Colts. Uh, This is also my lock. Or do I have to pick a different one? I don't know, man. You make the lock rules. I'm going to say we can both lock the Cowboys. All right. Well, then we did it. And I'm also locking them winning by 12. Um, Not I haven't decided on that part yet. But they're eleven point favorites, and sixty percent of the Yahoo Pick'em people think Cowboys cover that spread. So right yeah, now I, I have Dallas selected, but I think Dallas wins in a game like thirty-one to ten or something like that. I don't think that that's really that improbable. The Colts' offense could barely get it moving against the Steelers. Cowboys' defense is much better than the Steelers' defense, and I would. Uh, I don't think it's far-fetched to say at all that the Cowboys have a way better offense than the Steelers' offense. No, no, it is definitely not far-fetched. Um, the New Orleans Saints are three-and-a-half-point road dogs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bucks in this one, and I think that the Bucks also cover the four-point spread. Um, this is interesting, though, because if Marshawn Lattimore plays, he will lock up Mike Evans because that's just what he does. I'm pretty sure it's like it was specifically in his job description when he got signed to the Saints. It was just like you play you play uh, you play at least 12 games a year. And every time you line up against Mike Evans, you completely lock him up and uh, he does that. So good on him. But uh, Chris Godwin's been great lately. So yeah. I think he's going to be enough to to get this to get this win because the Saints offense doesn't really scare anybody. I don't think 
they, they literally just came off of a game where they got uh, shut out. So Yeah, they don't look great. Uh, it should probably be noted that the Buccaneers lost Werfs. Um, yep. Well, they're very good offensive linemen. Not that, not that I think it will matter for a Saints offense that's poor to very poor. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that was the scale I went with. Why do uh, there? <laughs> uh, I'm also picking the Bucks here to win and cover. Um, I think the Tampa Bay is the team that comes out of this division and uh, gets it done. For sure. All right, so that's that's all we got then for week 13. No, um just as we hit like the hour mark too. Um anything else you want to say, buddy? Um Oh, uh this you went 12 and 4 last week in the picks. Sick. And I went 11 and 5. That brings nice. our yearly totals to Kyle is 108 71 and 1. Trav is 102 77 and 1. I almost won Corey's pool last week. Uh, I I tied at, with ten wins, and um, it came down to predicting the score for the Monday night game, in which I had. Uh, let's see here, I had the Colts winning. Oh, I'm sorry, I had the Steelers winning twenty to seventeen, and the Steelers actually won twenty four to seventeen. So I was four points off. Um, I had 37 total points. They scored uh, 41 total points. And the guy that I was tied with had 44. So he was three points away and I was four points away. And that's how oh, I lost. Dang. Yeah, it was rough. Sad. I think that's also how I lost a couple weeks ago. But Sucks, I, right? I was close. And then I've just been so bad since then. Like there has been a couple weeks where I forgot to pick the Thursday night game. It's just it's been this whole Corey's pool has been a debacle this year. Yeah, it's sad for me. But yeah, that's that's it for me, man. All right. Yeah, that's it for me too then. So uh, you guys will hear from us next week as we break down the Jets and the Eagles and then preview the next week. Yeah, hopefully hopefully we come back here uh, both with wins again. That'd be nice, huh? That would be nice. All right, we'll talk to you later. Later. See you.